Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the No credentials. Reviewing Rolling Stone 500. Greatest album. I wanted to add something about uh, that I read. I don't know if you guys can confirm that Bridge Over Troubled Water, initially they were both going to sing, but Paul Simon offered everything over to Art Garfunkel because he just felt that that his vocal should, should have the lead. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that song. It's we talked about. Does it Ben? You mentioned earlier. Is it a little out of place at the beginning? It it is so powerful. It's such a big song that when it starts, I feel like I'm in church. Like it, and that was intentional. He was drawing on that gospel feel. He wanted that. But uh, when I first heard it, I was like, wait, is this actually a hymn? <laughs> which it's right. not, but it's done in that style. But it gets so big and it changes so much throughout the tune, so many different uh, feels throughout the tune. And his vocal, I I think it's one of his best vocal performances ever. Um, and I'm not an expert in Art Garfunkel's repertoire throughout his career, but it is a very impressive performance. And I am so glad that Paul Simon was able to make that creative choice. Um, I don't think that, I mean, he was the creative engine behind it, but I don't know that he was necessarily controlling uh, or that it really feels like that. But but it's such, uh, I just love that song. I can't listen to it enough. I think what makes it even more exceptional for me is that um, when you watch Garfunkel singing it live in that era, uh, he's climbing significant octaves, and his facial expression barely changes. Like I don't know, you can you can see the incredible control he has on his voice and the uh, sort of capacity to take on. Well, I don't think it's. You're right. It's a hymn, but it's not an easy hymn either to <laughs> to wander your way through. And uh, yeah, it's almost just like he's he's laid back. Uh, feeling groovy, kind of um, <laughs> singing this, this <laughs> nice. sort of anthemic uh, <laughs> piece of music. It's 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 incredible to to watch that. It comes in immediately with that big piano, and then it goes soft, and then it's that big piano again, and that soft. Yeah, it ends on that big piano, and it's hard yeah. when I'm listening to it in the car. I never know what volume to turn it to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. I'm I don't want to like bust my eardrums, but then it gets real soft. And I'm like, What's he saying? <laughs> there's a there's a funny little clip in that uh, documentary that we referenced earlier. Um, the person who arranges the orchestral strings uh, was sent an early demo and misheard the lyric and thought it was a pitcher of water, and um, so he he sent back <laughs> he sent back. Uh, 
orchestral music for the song "A Pitcher of Water," and they're like, "We didn't, we didn't write this song. What is, what is he sending this to us for?" And, uh, and when it dawned on them, they they thought it was so funny. Like, oh, this guy must not have taken this very seriously if he didn't even figure out what the lyrics were that we were that we were singing. But those strings then add this just like really intensive emotional wave too to to really push it beyond. Um, I think in, in Paul Simon's words, he describes the first two verses as just a simple hymn. And it was the, the producers of the album who were like, no, this can be, this can be epic if we push it uh, to another level. And, and you get that sort of like massive wall of sound at the end. Yeah. So what do you guys think about like the message of the song? Or like what it's trying to Paul. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever really given it much, much of a thought. I'm, I'm not, Sarah, I will admit, and Ben already knows this, um, I'm not really a lyrics guy. And what I mean by that is it's on a list of things that I listen to in a song, it's probably near the bottom of the list. <laughs> um, uh, that's not to say that I don't like lyrics or that uh, I don't think they're important. I, I just It's just not the first thing I hear. So I'm pulling up the lyrics now just so I can uh, reacquaint myself. I, I think the lyrics are beautiful in this. Um, and I, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> um you know, it, it written behind them. I think it's a wonderful song. And I think that if we take it at face value, um, it's, it's a great tribute to a friend. Um, yeah. and, and I, I, I feel like it, uh, this is going to sound really, really out there, but I feel like the song embraces me when I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like I could, there are times in my life that I could really use these words. Um, I could really use someone saying these words to me. And I think that we all have times where all we want is someone to just say, you know, I'm, I'm there for you. I'll, 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 I'll comfort you. You know, when it's rough, I'll be there for you. I'll help you out. You know, we, mm. we all are going to need that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I take from it. And like I said, I could be missing a lot, but I, I I love it. I just love the lyrics. It's a bit cliche, and yet you're right, Mike. It wraps you up. Like uh, oh, I think yeah. if you saw this just on a a piece of paper, you'd it'd be like the footprints in the sand poem or something, where you're just like, "Yep, oh brother," you know, <laughs> just a little bit too much cheese here. Uh, but it's it's an incredible the way that it blends uh, somewhat simple lyrics. Um, with uh, yeah, yeah, with the end product. I'm waiting for the reveal, though, from Sarah that, that tells us we've got the song all wrong. No, and, I don't uh, think, no there's never... You can't, you can't get a song wrong, you know. Um, I, just, I just think it's kind of a complicated... Um, it's kind of like... It's complicated to me because um, uh, there was there was like a time in my life you know, when, uh, I felt like, um, yeah, like this is like the, the, what, what this song is kind of like holding up is sort of the, um, moral ideal, right. That, um, 
that you're going to self-sacrifice. That's to me what the song is about is like, like the narrator is self-sacrificing to the listener, Mm. you know? Um, and, but as I've become older, as I've aged, um, I've realized that, that do like that can, you can only do that in moderation, you know, that like, um, if, uh, it, if you are so focused on that kind of relationship with other people, that's, that's a really unequal kind of relationship, you know, that, sure, yeah. uh, that you're always yeah. going to protect somebody and that you're always going to be, you're, you're going to let them walk on you. Right. Like, like a bridge over troubled water, mm-hmm. I'll lay me down. Like I'd like, I would put my body across uh, a body of water and you can walk on top of me as a bridge. Right. Like, like that's kind of extreme. Right. Um, and it's only the listener, right. Could maybe feel comfort from that. Maybe also like the listener might, um, did the listener ask for any of this? You know, did they, did did they request that kind of, um, self-sacrifice from the other person? Um, Mm. are they pushing it? Is the singer pushing it on them? You know? Um, so so yeah, I think like that kind of sacrificial love um, is appropriate in in some circumstances and in some relationships, you know, but it's not always appropriate at all times. Yeah, I love that. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I like that. Looking at the other side of it, that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's great. Well, and it makes me think about like, you know, sort of the, the aftermath of this moment in their lives. Um, The legend goes that uh, Garfunkel, you know, gets on a steamer and kind of just sets adrift. Um, There's some funny story about him uh, with his travel bags getting off in Japan and thinking, uh, this this country should be explored by foot and just kind of like wandering around yeah. this really new er- area. Um, you know, the the maybe the love of his life is too strong of a word, but sort of the the, the person who stayed at home has just written this song about like yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do anything for you, and they're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if we're reading too much into that, but. Um, yeah, I, I think what you're saying, at least to me, is is that there there's power in this sacrificial love, but it can also push someone away too. To uh, it, it can be overwhelming to have someone admit that kind of depth to you. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Hmm. I before we move on from Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh, uh, the list of artists who have recorded it is is quite impressive, uh, including a number of folks who will be on this list already if they haven't yet. Uh, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Aretha Franklin, Willie Nelson, Roy Orbison, um, Michael W. Smith, and Josh Groban. Uh, and and the list just keeps going on and on and on. It's it's quite a quite a stellar list there clay aiken as well uh, not to forget him <laughs> but uh hey, is michael w smith on this uh 500 list i think so yeah he's got to be there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it, it, there's something compelling about this song that other artists want to record it as well. I just think that it's interesting that this song that's so much about like sacrifice is followed by El Condor Pasa, which has kind of like the entirely opposite meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I, the first lines are, um, uh, I'd rather be a sparrow than a snail. Uh, and, and I'd rather be a hammer than, than a nail. Like, he would rather be the one that eats than the one that's eaten. He'd rather be the one that hits than is hit, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it, I, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of words and imagery in that song about, like, distance, being away. Uh, I'd rather be a sparrow, like, surveying from above. I'd rather be a forest than a street, like, being being distanced from people whereas the other one's about being very very close and intimate if you like what you hear subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review send us a message at our Facebook page on Instagram or through our SoundLogic podcast Twitter feed thanks for listening